Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Guys, welcome into the show. I'm doing things a little bit differently right now because normally we do the introduction on the first hand. This guy needs no introduction, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, my dear friend, EJ Manuel, joining us today. One of the most decorated Seminoles uh, of all time. One of the most accomplished of all time. Right at 25-6 and six as a starter. EJ, I don't think you ever lost a bowl game uh, as a quarterback, which is very impressive. Drafted in the first round by the Bills and now a star, a rising superstar, for ESPN, Sirius XM, my brother EJ Manuel, welcome back to the show. E, thank you, KG, thank you. Uh, first off, you know, I've been an avid listener of the pod. Um, you guys are doing an excellent job. I think this is my third time being a guest, uh, but for real, man, I'm so proud of you two and, you know, how you've grown this thing, the listeners, the the viewers. Uh, and now you're on Sirius XM along with your boy. Come on. Uh, and, you, you know, <laughs> Channel 371, right? 371? That's right. Yeah, That's yeah, right. ACC channel, man. So I'm very proud of you two. And uh, obviously, again, man, it's just happy to be on and, you know, looking forward to this conversation of quarterbacks. Yeah, Matt, we appreciate it, man. You forgot the most important thing. New father. That's right. That's most right. People, most people follow EJ's account because, you know, he's a Florida State guy. He's an NFL quarterback, whatever. I follow for the baby content. Okay, that's just me. Um, but his yes. new little daughter, so precious. So congratulations, Thanks, EJ. KG. Nah, Kelly, thank you so much. And uh, her name is Sakima Zora Manuel. Uh, and of course, you can hear somebody ringing our doorbell now. Now, Titans awake. <laughs> Big time. Um, right, of course. We literally have a sign on our door that says, Do not ring our doorbell. Oh, my <laughs> the dog God. will bark and the baby's asleep, but it's all good. So, uh, with that being said, <laughs> she's now six weeks, uh, and uh, it's amazing. You know, I know, wow. Emac, you got a little one on the way, and Kelly, I'm sure at some point you'll have a you know, son or a daughter, and it's literally the best thing ever. And uh, a lot of hard work, not a lot of mm-hmm. sleep. Um, right. And actually, funny thing, I was about to do this show with her because my wife is back doing cardio, you know, going to soccer yeah. bar and these classes. So uh, thankfully, when you, when you kind of pushed it back a little bit, I was like, perfect, bro. That's we would have had the camera right here on that <laughs> chest. That's right. No, but, uh, well, I should have kept it that way. That would have been the star of the nah, show. It's all good. It's all good. Trust me. E, you would have e, took over me. for real by crying. So that's, no. that's right. Well, true. Yeah. G- give me, uh, give me a, a tip, man. Like, number one. Mm hospital to home because that's where I feel like it's the scariest part is because it's just y'all and you're all by yourself. Give me the biggest thing that I need to be ready for. Oh man, that's a good question. Yeah. I would say be ready for anything. Um, you know, in our situation, uh, V had some complications after the birth. And so that was really scary. Um, but she, you know, fought through it, you know, and thank God my mother-in-law was also in town. So she was able to help us. You know, so it's always good to have, and I, I think your mother, your mother and your mother-in-law are probably both close to That's living right. with you guys. My mom's in Virginia, so I wish you know she was closer just to help us. You know, but as right. far as the the going home from the hospital, uh, man, you know what? At that point, the baby's crying, like the baby's sleeping the whole time. They're not crying a whole lot. At least Akima wasn't. But man, like week two, week three, bro. That's when the crying just was like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, for real. <laughs> Like all the time. So whatever I tell you, whatever JC tells you, whatever a parent tells you is going to be like, be honest, it's tough. It is tough. Yeah. It is tough. But um, again, man, you just give that baby a bunch of love, a bunch of kisses, a bunch of hugs, which I know you'll do and your family will do and you'll be fine. 
That's right. Yeah. Good advice. Drive I slow, it. man. I appreciate it. That's hey, drive slow. Drive slow. Of course, like, hey, we know. got we got the big tank, man. Yeah, We're yeah, good. Yeah, We're yeah. Good. People look out your way, bro. No worries. No That's worries. right. That's right. Good. They will. They will. Man, but you RDJ, know, I would say oh, this last thing. Maybe practice putting the baby or like some type of baby doll in the actual car seat. Like if you haven't done that smart. before, That's I honestly smart. Yeah. will practice with some something because it is right. you know, it's, it's different. Like it's a newborn yeah. baby and uh, you know, it's a certain, you know, way to do it and all that kind of stuff. So I would say practice. That would be my, my advice is to practice with the car. There we go. Practice with the stroller, all that good stuff. Because that's going to be terrifying because, you know, we're, we're just, you know, big, strong football players. Gotcha. And we got this delicate little mm-hmm. thing. Yes. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to break it. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Yeah. And so it's uh, well, look, one more, that's going to be more, terrifying. One more before we get into that conversation. One more. All right. And also, don't feel like you're going to break the baby because you're not. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you got a burp right. and all that kind of stuff. Or burp yeah. Baby. yeah, burp her. You're having a daughter. Like, give her a nice, nice little thump to the right. back. She'll, she'll, you know, she'll burp and do what you need her to do. Because don't be soft it's with gonna it. It's going to be scary. Be good. It's going to be scary. <laughs> Bro, I got big hands, too. You know that. So, right, right. Uh, I remember the nurse at the hospital was like, hit her. Like, go ahead. You're not going to break her. She's fine. And sure enough, I, I started patting her back a little harder and uh, yep. came right out. So there you go. Good. Yeah. All right, noted. I'm writing it down. I got my pen and paper. We're good. That's We're good. not just on being a father in the first two days. My bad. That's good. I give that an A plus. I give that an A plus. I love that both of you guys are like, I got to get my reps. You know, I got to I gotta practice. Exactly. I got to right. practice putting this baby in a car seat. Maybe a bag of flour, Mac. Uh, yeah. We are the Millers. Oh. Any reference there? That's a funny movie. Yeah. Or the baby's a bag of flour. Okay. Anyway, let's talk quarterbacks, EJ. We have so many Great quarterbacks in the ACC. This is going to be the league of quarterbacks again. I don't think there's really any debate about that. And we have a lot of guys to hit on, not just the massive names, not just the Devin Learys of the world, the Sam Hartmans who are getting all of the love, but there's a lot of great quarterbacks. So let's start with Phil Dracovic, Boston College. We're kind of going geographical here or perhaps alphabetical. I think Mac did this alphabetically, which I like. He's a big time prospect. He's 6'5", 230. And he dealt with injury issues last year when he played BC was so much better, and they ended up becoming bowl eligible when he got back in in action. But what do you expect from a guy like Phil Dracovic also having Zay Flowers as a main weapon? What do you expect from him in 22? Well, Kelly, I'm going for my notes here. And by the way, you know, when Emac told me about this, I started doing all my studying on these quarterbacks. I got a nice one one sheet on all these guys. But look, the thing with Phil that hurt him last year, guys, is injury. Um, When you watch him play from last season – to I guess the 2020 year would have been his first year at BC. It's two different yep. players. Um, you know, I think as far as his size, uh, when he walks off the bus, he's going to naturally be an appeal to the NFL scouts. Like he's just, he looks like an NFL quarterback. He plays like one. Um, but I, I do think the injury certainly set him back, especially in, in one of the games that I watched late in the season. I think it was versus Georgia. Uh, no, it wasn't Georgia Tech. It was versus Wake Forest. And he just didn't look like himself. The ball wasn't really popping out of his hand. Uh, but I did watch the Georgia Tech game. We had a much better performance, threw over, over 300 yards. The thing with him, I, I, I love his touch, you know, and obviously he's a big guy. And sometimes big quarterbacks want to rifle everything. You know, they want to always be the guy that has the howitzer, throwing all, you know, throwing the ball through a guy's hands, things <laughs> like that. But I, w- I kind of had that situation as well when I was coming from high school to college. And you have to learn to throw a catchable ball. And I think that's what Phil does a good job of when he's healthy. Um, I also feel like for him, his time clock is really, really good. I, I think when he has the play-action passing game going, uh, where they, you know, doing like a, a fake to a power or a fake to a zone, and he comes off and he's able to scan the whole field and go high to low uh, in his read, I think he's really, really deadly there because, I mean, you have a streaking receiver like Zay Flowers. He's always going to be able to get on top of either a safety or a corner. Um, so those are two two things I really like from him as far as what to get better at. 
Uh, I would just say being smart when you take off and run. I mean, this guy, if he's if he's healthy, he's as good as anybody in the country. But if he's hurt, like any of us athletes, you got you, you two know this, you, you can't be as effective. And so I think he's more important to be on the field. So and what I mean by that is when you break out into the sideline, you want to take off off a, you know a read, a pull, a pull off a uh, gun run or something like that. When you get to the sideline, make that business decision right. going out of bounds or sliding mm-hmm. because he's a big dude. He likes to run people over. He'll put his shoulder down. And I just think as far as him maturing as a quarterback, that's the other part of his game that he'll start to mentally kind of bring in and say, look, I need to be on the field instead of trying to run this guy over for actually two or three yards. Right. It's not worth it. Right. And, and how just how important is it? He, so he's going into what I'll call his bag year and what will probably be his last season. Um, how important is that connection between him and Zay? I mean, to have a guy that you trust. I mean, I know you had a guy in, in Rashard Green that you loved throwing to a lot. How important will that relationship be and, and those guys just being fully dialed in? Yeah, well, it's super important. You know, I honestly felt bad for Zay when Phil was hurt last year. I mean, you and I remember watching those games, talking about it before the games. Um, it, it's hard to see that good of a receiver. You know, I, I would say Zay Flowers is – when you watch him play, man, he reminds you of Jordan Addison. Right, uh, right. Honestly, I know Addison won Blitnikoff and had Kenny Pickett. Uh, but I think Zay Flowers is a dude that can be a first-team All-American type. So um, I, I think for their connection is super important. I will say – Defenses watch tape. Defensive coordinators watch tape. They're going to be trying to double, you know, Zay Flowers a lot of times and say, okay, if they beat us, don't let it be Flowers right. that does it. Right. You know I mean? At least take off the top so he can't get over you. Um, but, look, that connection, man, is special. And I think where they can also grow, too, if they don't just try to work the deep overs, the post, and the goes, that's there. It's always going to be there. But if you guys can get on the same page with comebacks, with basic slants, getting the ball out of Phil's hands and letting him just catch it and run – I think that's another asset that they can bring to their offense. And, of course, that will, in sync, open up the run game, and then you're really dangerous right. when you can do all those different things. Okay, let's move up to to Clemson. We're going down the road here uh, looking at these guys. It's going to be an interesting conversation because DJ Uyunglele had all kinds of expectation going into 21. He had all kinds of pressure. And when I talk about that from this new world of NIL, and he's the, the cover for Dr. Pepper for a couple of weeks and Bojangles and all these different things, and then he throws nine touchdowns, 10 picks, and just really never looked like that guy that we saw glimpses of in 2020. Talk to me about just, I guess, what you saw you know, from DJ's 21. Yeah, I went back and watched DJ versus Iowa State specifically in the bowl game. Um, I wanted to watch the most recent tape of him. Uh, obviously, you can go back to 2020 season, dude lit it up, you know, killed it versus Notre Dame, killed it versus, I want to say it was... Boston College, he played at Clemson, yeah, Yeah. and he he just lit it up. So, I mean, obviously, the expectation was there last year. Um, I think the big thing for DJ is to trust his eyes. Trust your feet, know your read, and if it's not there, take off and run or take off and throw and just throw it out of bounds because where he gets in trouble is when he gets to the back or the top of his drop, we would say, is when it's a five-step drop and you hitch up and you're ready to hit that first receiver. On tape, it just looks like he gets uncomfortable and he starts to chop his feet a little bit. And sometimes it's hard for him to get to that second, that third read. Right. And I think that's a part of his growth. That's going to help him have more confidence in the pocket. So I would just say, trust your eyes, trust your feet, DJ. And if it's not there, man, you're athletic enough to at least get three or four yards. Right. And again, the same thing to Phil Jakovic. Both of these guys are huge. Both of these guys will play in the next level. But when you get to the next level, those hits are going to take a toll on them. Right. And you know, I was one of them. I had knee injuries and all this kind of stuff, trying to outrun guys, run guys over. Just make that business decision. If it's not there, hit that check down. If the check down's not there, 
throw that thing in the dirt, move on to the next play. And e, how much of that, what you just said there, when he gets to his his final step and he's looking and he sees, how much of that is is like a physical thing versus a mental knowing and anticipating where to go next? Or, or is it just a combination of both? You know, I, I definitely don't think it's as physical because, I mean, this is something that you, you rep and practice all day. You know, I, I would assume you go through your progressions and warm-ups. You know, when you guys are just – you know, getting out there in the first 15 minutes of practice, doing, you know, snaps with the centers, you go through one, two, three of a progression, a coach will just give you a random play. Uh, I, I think for him, man, I feel like DJ was pressing. I, I feel like DJ knew and, and heard the, pre- the, the, the clippings out there. He knew what the expectation was. He knew he was the quarterback of Clemson after Trevor Lawrence, after Deshaun Watson, after some straight up dogs. And I felt like he was pressing. He was trying to make things happen that weren't always there. Uh, so what I say that I just mean to take the easy throw. You know, what I mean, if you have a, a simple hitch, if you have, uh, you know, a slant, bang that thing. Let your receiver make the make the, the catch and the run. Now, I also will say receivers drop some balls too. Yeah, you know, a, lot, some times a, lot where, a lot of balls. There's some times where receivers had some drops that didn't help DJ. There was some times where the running backs dropped some balls out in the flat that could have been big plays on tunnel screens and things like that. So it wasn't all on him. Um, but I am intrigued to see him come to this 2022 season. Uh, and I just say, trust your eyes, trust your feet, because he has all the tools to be great. We know the weapons around him didn't help him as much, and there was so much inconsistency because there were so many injuries with receivers. Even a guy like Will Shipley was unavailable for quite a few games. I'm curious, EJ, as a guy who's played quarterback at a, at a massive institution and has all the eyes on him, and from my understanding, playing quarterback, there's a lot of it that has to do with confidence and that mental side of it, which is for any athlete – do you think when you watch that Georgia game, which was week one, where, I mean, he got destroyed. He was sacked a bunch. He threw that pick six. Other, ass, other factors didn't help him. How much do you think that hurt his confidence? And how do you get your confidence back as a quarterback? Well, naturally, I mean, we're all competitors. You know, when you have a game that isn't your best or, you know, let's not forget Georgia is probably one of the best defenses right. yeah. ever Never. Yeah. in college football. Right. Uh, we saw that show up in the draft. But – um, I, I think with confidence, it's hard because, you know, he's young. That was his first full time as the starter, like the head honcho of the team. Like it wasn't a matter of him being the backup for two weeks. Nah, man, you're the guy. Let's go. <laughs> and you start off versus Georgia. So it is tough. But look, you know, at the end of the day, this is a confident young man. Uh, I, I know the people he trains with out in California at Stars, like they're going to make sure that he's mentally ready to go. And uh, I'm expecting him to have a comeback season, um, you know, with the confidence piece. Just go out there and play ball. This is the same game that we were playing in Pop Warner when we were 12, when we were 13, when we were in varsity at high school. It's the same thing, same type of players. Just elevate your game and just be confident. It'll come. Let's go a little further south to your alma mater. Let's go to Florida State and talk about Jordan Travis. There you go. I feel like we need to get the (laughs) tomahawk chop uh, sound, even though Mac and I. Uh, we struggle to play that. Anyway, let's talk about Jordan Travis. I ain't want to scare y'all. I ain't want to scare y'all. You're going to play that? I ain't want to scare y'all. No, I ain't going to do it. This is a guy who's, you know, he's so talented and he's such a threat with his legs. And I thought it was huge. We've talked about it on this podcast that Mike Norvell did not go out and pursue another quarterback in the portal like he did with McKenzie Milton last year. I think that said everything. This is Jordan Travis's team. This is his offense. They are going to to blend this offense around his skill set. What do we need to see from Jordan Travis in 2022? Listen. I'm so excited for Jordan Travis because I, think I can tell if he, if he can put it all together. And I said this about Malik Cunningham a few weeks ago when we had our show on ACC Network. If he, Jordan Travis, can put it all together, he can be deadly. He's deadly out in the open field. 
He's a slippery guy to get out the pocket. I feel like the digs, which is like an 18-yard in, uh, the seam ball, which you hit around 18, 20 yards, um, comebacks on the run. Watching him closely, I, I watched the Florida game, and I watched the Boston College game last year, two solid games of his. And I, I just feel like if he can put it all together, and if Coach Novell and his staff give him the opportunity to throw the ball vertically down the field where he feels confident, he can be super, super good. And uh, I, even so good to where I messaged him. <laughs> I hit him up on IG. I was like, yo, listen, bro, I just watched tape on you, man. I'm expecting you to have a huge year. It just send some confidence. <laughs> good. Um, but I, I think the thing for Jordan, too, you know, he's such a good runner that he does have to learn when to use that ability, right? And, I mean, I think Malik Cunningham had to learn it. Uh, Lamar Jackson had to learn it. He's been an NFL MVP. I had to learn it as a guy that could run. Uh, and you always know you have that in the back of your mind. But if you start to play this game mentally and say, look, I'm going to kill you from the pocket, which he can do, that's where the running asset is just they can't stop you then because there's nothing a defense can really throw at you. Uh, so for me, I think the area for him to grow is just, again, to trust his eyes, trust his reads, and give his receivers opportunities to make plays. Right. And, E, I think one thing that we all saw was kind of this turning moment because it, it was rough last year. I mean, to start the yeah. season, I mean, it was like, abandoned ship we got to get out of here and that's not what Florida State did coach Norvell and 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 you know these guys kept everybody in and they rallied and you know really finished strong but what I noticed was play calling significantly changed yes, they opened it, it up and trusted him and weren't just throwing these you know silly little tunnel screen here tunnel screen here quarterback draw like they were letting him as you just said extend it downfield right I guess how much is that because you went through this system where you had to build trust and and all that how do you do that, I guess, quicker? Is it just practice? Is it in games? Is it showing that you can handle these type of moments? And then Coach Norvell and staff say, okay, we can open it up now. Yeah, well, yeah, I come from the old school, bro, and I know I'm not that old, but when I say old school is you go with a quarterback from the beginning of the year and you roll with them. And I said this on the show last year. They were going between Jordan, McKenzie Milton, uh, Tate Rodemaker, and uh, Chubba Pert. Like, just, it, just stick with the quarterback. Make him QB1 let the team follow him and, and roll with them. And I felt like when he had the reins to the team and to the offense, he bloomed. He played right. well. Um, of course, look, the offensive line, I think, is going to be much improved. You know, I, I know they added 10 new offensive line, uh, offensive linemen this year, which is going to be good, I, I think. And they even brought some five stars in, a uh, kid from here in Miami. Um, so I think that piece should help Jordan feel even more confident in the pocket. Uh, but yeah, I mean, once he's QB one and everybody knows it, which, which he has this year, uh, I'm expecting to see an explosion. I went to their spring game, um, and I thought Jordan did a really good job, even in practice with his timing, his leadership as well, talking to his teammates, making sure guys were on the same page. If he didn't like a route, he would go up and tell a receiver. You kind of have to have that type of mentality, uh, because you need them to do their job and they need you to do yours. So right. Um, I'm expecting a good year from him for sure. Yeah, yeah. EJ went to the spring game. He was like the winning coach. He called the plays. He drew up touchdowns. Come on. Come on, man. Super proud of it. He's got the ball. Yeah, come on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's awesome. We had a great time. That's right. Undefeated as a coach. Undefeated as a coach. Undefeated. And I'm going to stay that way because I'm not coaching anything else. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. All right, we've got this stretch of guys here that are just super dynamic, super playmakers. So next up, we're going to head down uh, to Georgia Tech. And, and look at yeah. uh, Jeff Sims, a guy who, man, it, it's he's so dynamic. He's unreal. He can make plays that nobody else can. And they'll, then there'll be these stretches where he doesn't even look like the same guy. So when you watch Jeff Sims on tape, just what are your what are your thoughts of him? 
Yeah, I watched two games. The the, the first I watched was Miami. Um, this was on November 6th, and I'm giving you the date because this was later in the season. Um, tough game for him, man. Just he was inaccurate, didn't look confident. His timing was off. Uh, throwing behind receivers on simple crossing routes just didn't really look like himself. Now, I don't know if that was due to injury, if that was just due to maybe missing a couple practice throughout the week. Uh, he didn't look clean. So I was like, you know what? Let me do some more digging. And I went to, I guess, two weeks before that, they played UVA, and he was sharp. You know, the dude was throwing uh, comebacks, uh, in routes, curls, everything was on time. And I think the thing for Phil, uh, excuse me, for Jeff, I always Phil Sims. I don't know why I say Phil Sims. For Jeff Sims. I do is, the same thing all the time. <laughs> right. I, he just has to see it. I, I think he has to see a clear picture. Uh, and being that he's a young quarterback still, super athletic, because, I mean, when he takes off and runs, He's like Jordan Travis, just bigger. You know what right. I mean? Like yeah. he, he can have a real get up and get out of there, uh, which is a huge weapon that he has. Um, but as far as the passing game, I just think he needs to see a clean picture. Um, similar to the other guys, trust reads, all those things. But I think the biggest part for him versus the UVA game where he had a ton of success uh, in, the, in the Miami game, the picture was more clear versus UVA. Now, I don't know if that was because of coverages, because of play calling, things like that. But based off his footwork, um, it just was more clear. Like he was getting – and the gun, three and a hitch, ball was out. Three and a hitch, look one, look two, check down. Three and a hitch, look one, take off and run. Like, it, it was just more more sudden. His mind was made up, and he knew where he was going with the ball. If you're Jeff Sims, put yourself in his shoes, EJ. You lose Jameer Gibbs this offseason. That's got to be brutal. Now, I know they're going to try to replace him in every way they can, but – and you didn't play in this portal era where guys can just bounce, right. be like, okay, one day we're here, next day we're gone. How do you even – Think about that from a quarterback right. perspective and rally your other guys. Yeah, that's a good question, KG. I think, one, you have to always have a next man up mentality, right? And Jameer is a dude. I actually have that in my note. And EJ, uh, Emac, I might have messaged you that, like, yo, Jameer Gibbs he's is good. that boy. He's going <laughs> he's gonna yeah. to do well in Alabama. Let's just be honest. He's going to do yes. very, very well in well. Alabama. Very well. Um, but I do know if you're in uh, – I keep saying Phil. If you're in Jeff Sims' position, um, it's a next man up mentality. And, you know, he – of course, can carry some of that load running the running the ball, but I don't think he should necessarily put that on him. You're the quarterback. Like, just distribute the ball to your receiver, distribute the ball to your running backs, make sure your offensive line's in position too. Another thing for him too, guys, um, that I think he'll grow is also starting to see pre-snap coverage recognition, right? There was a few times where they got him on super simple field blitzes, which is when they bring a nickel and a, a Sam linebacker from the field, which is like the far part. If the ball's on the left hash, it would be coming from the right. And I feel like those are small things that he'll start to pick up and get, you know, the more time on task and the more film he watches, the more situations where he gets sacked like that, um, he'll learn to say, okay, if this, they're bringing a the field blitz. I'm going to either send my line to the right and pick up one of those guys and then, or just bang a slant or something and be hot and get the ball out of my hands. Right. Uh, but as far as losing Jameer, it's a huge loss. It's a yeah. huge loss. You can't undermine that. Uh, but look, next man up. Somebody yeah. else is going to be on that team that can make big plays too. Yeah, and that's probably going to be Hassan Hall from from Louisville. Mm, I think he's going to yeah. step yeah. into that, you know, really those shoes quickly. Now he's not going to be the same because again, Jameer is, right. is very good, uh, but it's certainly going to help. So you you bring up something quickly right there about the, the blitz and recognizing that. And now I know a lot of that's on us as players. Like we have to get in the film room. We've got to figure that out. We have to be able to identify that. But he has a new quarterback coach and, and a guy that right. you probably know pretty well uh, with Chris Winkie coming in. Uh, to, to be the QB's coach. If you were Chris and, and you're a new coach coming into the system, you've had a spring with them, 
What what would that offseason look like when you have a guy who's going into year three as a starting quarterback, you're a new coach coming in? What would, I guess, that initial kind of conversation or practices look like from your perspective? Well, look, I've worked out with Chris Winkie, I think twice, uh, and both times we're at IMG when I was still in college or coming out as an NFL guy. And he is a great coach in the sense of he's going to drill footwork. He's going to drill eyes. He's going to drill ball placement. And those are the things that I think Jeff needs. Um, again, as a young quarterback, he has all the tools in the world, uh, but he just needs to refine really his footwork. And I think there's a few times where I thought, honestly, it was coaching. You know what I mean? Some of the times and some of the, you know, some of the positions that he was put in, I just don't think it was best fit for him and where he was at as far as his skill set. So I do think uh, Chris Winkie being the new quarterback coach is going to be very helpful for him because um, he's not going to tolerate anything less than your best. Uh, and, you know, I know him. You know what I mean? Like he was a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, national champion, uh, and he's going to drill that footwork. So I think that piece, firstly, for, for Jeff Sims is going to be huge to make sure his footwork times up with whatever route combinations they have down the field. We love to see Seminoles helping Yellow Jackets, don't we, EJ? Just of course. Brings I mean, everyone look, together. I, I, Roddy, Roddy Jones and I are best friends, you know what I mean? So it's all good. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we love it. We love it. Okay. It's so interesting because we're talking about a lot of these guys taking the next step. And and that's what I think is going to be so fascinating about this season is you've you've got these guys with just talent. I mean, yeah. so much talent. Can they take that next step mentally and stay healthy? Malik Cunningham. We, we got to talk about Malik Cunningham. This is a guy who led the nation's quarterbacks in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. We don't talk about that enough. He is dynamic. And we had Kirk Herbstreit on. We had Greg McElroy on. Greg McElroy, we said, pick the best quarterback in the ACC. He said Malik Cunningham. So can we expect, I mean, look, his numbers were insane last year, nearly 40 touchdowns. What's that next step for Malik? Look, Malik is the new era of quarterback that's in the NFL, period. Uh, obviously, he's been around in college football for a long time, but now it's more accepted in the NFL where you can be a QB uh, that doesn't have to be 6'5 or 6'6, six, six, 240 right. pounds, two. Nah, you can be lean, you can be strong, you can be fast, and you can be deadly with your arm. And I think that's exactly what Malik uh, Cunningham is bringing to the table. Um, I, I think, look, I'll just say, if you put Malik on a team that has elite receivers, he's a Heisman Trophy winning candidate, like legitimately. Like, he's that good. I'm not saying Louisville doesn't have guys that can have juice on the outside, but I just feel like he's that type of player. Um, you know, so I think the, the mix of ball placement, the mix of uh, power on his throws, um, the way that he can break the pocket. And the thing that I feel like Malik does a good job of, guys, he keeps his integrity of, uh, you know, two hands on the ball when he breaks out the pocket. He doesn't get crazy with it. Some guys, you know, and I'll talk about one of them later uh, that I noticed on tape. Some guys will get real loose with the ball when they can run, when they know they have that ability to get out the pocket. He doesn't do that. I feel like he still sticks to his, you know, his basics, his fundamentals of what he's supposed to do as a QB which I think saves him a lot of turnovers. Doesn't have a whole bunch of fumbles. And I think he had like six interceptions too. So yeah. again, I don't know why the, the nation hasn't really been pushing this dude because he's special. And uh, I really think he's gotten better and better each year. Uh, I had a chance to watch him versus Kentucky. And I wanted to watch that game because we know the rivalry is an SEC opponent, uh, a defense coached by Coach Stoops, who was my D coordinator when I was at Florida State. And he diced him up. I thought he did a really good job. They didn't win the game. But I feel like, again, if you put some other pieces around him, Game over. This dude is, is, is serious. He's serious. 
Yeah, and, and I think he really needs his defense. I mean, it's it's one thing yeah. to go out there and score you know, 40, 50 a game. You've got to have that holistic approach where your team, all three phases, if they can get in sync, you know, look out for Louisville. Maybe they can make some noise, maybe a little bit more team of mystery. What do you expect yeah. from a, a running perspective, e, a guy that is so talented with his legs? They ran him 173 times last year. Now, that equated to 20 touchdowns, and he led the ACC in rushing touchdowns, led the country and quarterback touchdowns as KG just said do you expect them to replicate that or more of okay we got to protect this guy I think you got to lean on the side of protecting him uh, and I was going to mention that again he's another dude that has to have that business decision I think later in the year you could tell he started making it like all right I'm gonna just head out of bounds instead of trying to put my head down for two extra yards those two extra yards when it's time for in a goal line or a red zone situation Go for it. But when you're out in the field, when you're out on your own 40, when you're out, you know, on the other opposite end, just be smart. You got a whole bunch of other downs to play and your team needs you. So I think as far as him running the ball, you got to you got to let him do it because he's deadly. He's going to be a piece that, you know, that's added production. That's at least 80 yards rushing every game that he can give you uh, on any given on any given game. Um, But I just feel like for him and the importance that he has and that he means to his team. He has to stand up right now. Conley, their backup, he's good too. He has juice, and the times he's played, I like him as well. But if Malik's starting a full slate for this team, not only are they going to win a bunch of games, I think he's going to look up and really be in the spotlight where we're talking Heisman, uh, quarterback-type awards and all that kind of thing. I think he's that good. I yeah. think he's that special. I agree with you. I think he's. I think he has the potential to wake a lot of people up this coming yeah. offseason. Uh, another guy. I've been waiting on this one. I, I kind of like how – I kind of alternated who each of us I'm got here. Louisville, and I'm assuming M is next. That's right. That's so, right. Good job. Good job. So I'm, I'm pumped, man, because Miami's doing some special stuff. And yeah. Mario Cristobal, I mean, he's back. He's home. They're putting an amazing right. staff together, these players, the recruiting, all this stuff that they've been able to do. And on top of all of that – they have one of the best quarterbacks in the country, in my opinion, right. and a guy right. in Tyler Van Dyke, and a guy that, man, he lit the world on fire to end this ACC season. But you kind of mentioned it earlier. When you're the guy, it's a little different. And when you're the guy for a full season, it's a little bit different. So, EJ, do you think we will see him just pick up guns blazing where he left off, or is there going to be a little bit of a, a learning curve here being the guy for a full year? Of course, I think there will be a learning curve, but this dude is, I think he has the livest arm in the conference. I think he has, I think when the ball comes out of his hand, there's some real meaning behind it. You know what I mean? And and there's just a certain level of when you watch him play, he looks like a Sunday guy. When he moves around in the pocket, he looks like a Sunday guy. When he breaks the pocket, he looks like a Sunday guy. He's not super fast or super athletic like, you know, like Malik or uh, I don't even know. I, I would say TVD would probably run a four- Maybe on a good day, maybe a 4-7. I'd really probably give him a 4-8, which is okay. And um, I, I just feel like when you watch him throw deep balls, when it's a go or it's a seam uh, or it's a dagger or even throws on a run, he just makes it look effortless. There was a moment uh, in the game versus NC State, and I actually watched him versus Pitt and NC State, two very good defenses, mm-hmm. um, where he had a sm- – and it was a small play. It wasn't like a huge big play, but it was just something that I was like, all right, that's NFL. And it was where he had to come out the pocket, move to his right, looking at the flat, flat one there. So he kind of pumped at the flat and then kind of just flicked the ball to like a corner route to Will Mallory in like a little small, little small, small little hole. And it was right there. And it wasn't one of those kind of like with air on it. It was boom, right there on you, on your face mask. And uh, I feel like that's the piece where he has that hand talent, not just arm talent, but also has hand talent too. So I'm expecting 
I mean, sure, it's going to be a learning curve because you got a new coach and new offense right. and all that, but let's roll. Like, th- this is your time, man. Like, don't miss this window. Everybody's expecting you to have a great year, and you can have a great year. So I think he just has to go out and do it. The expectation is there. The yeah. the pressure is there. I think last year with Miami, they went to TVD. Derek King was hurt, of course, but they were also like, look, this is, this is our only option. And so there was less pressure. I, I yeah, want to see how he handles – all the eyes on Miami, the preseason hype, and the new coach with Mario Cristobal. What do you, from what we know about Cristobal, his emphasis on O-line play, he wants to run it. How, what do you expect this offense to look like, kind of big picture, EJ? You know, I, I think it would still be a balance of pass and run, but that's good. I mean, just because mm-hmm. a quarterback can throw for 3,000, 4,000 yards doesn't mean that they don't run the football. I mean, right. you can still <laughs> do that with balance. Um, I, I feel like one that – Keeps defenses honest. Uh, that keeps, you know, defense where they have to play seven guys in the box, respect the run, and obviously respect the play-action pass. So that's what I would expect. Um, look, Coach Cristobal knows he has, uh, you know, a diamond in, in TVD, somebody that's going to play on Sundays. Uh, but I think the biggest thing for TVD is, of course, you hear the the noise and you hear people giving you all this praise, and none of that matters. You know what I mean? Like, just pick up where you left off last year and don't look back. You know, because he's he's special as well. And I, again, I think he has the lightest arm uh, in our conference. When the ball comes out of his hand, it, it's different. September 17th at Texas A&M. Whew. The game. I, I'm already ready for that game. Yeah, huge opportunity. And that's what I mean, Kelly, is you have these moments within the season. And don't get me wrong, when they play against Florida State or when they play against Pitt or NC State or whatever this season within the conference, that's huge and it's important. But when you get those cross-conference you know, mm-hmm. cross games, you're playing the SEC opponent. That's what the scouts are going to watch. They're going to want to watch you versus a Texas A&M uh, type of defense. And I feel like if you can answer the bell in those games, that's what things are going to start looking on up and up. No doubt. No doubt. Okay. Speaking of big-time prospects, I mean, let's get to Devin Leary, kind of the, the old head in the conference along with Sam Hartman. He's been here forever. But he's, he's so solid. He's so consistent. Doesn't get perhaps the credit that he should last year, 35 touchdowns, only five picks. What, what stands out to me, and I'm not a quarterback expert, is how Devin Leary takes care of the football. Is that what stands out to you first and foremost, DJ? Yeah, you know, I, I think what Devin does a great job of is he doesn't try to do too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devin's super clean. I, I even said it last year, he's a smooth operator in the pocket, and I still believe that uh, because he's one of those quarterbacks that listens to his coaching, right? When I say that, he, I, I mean five and a hitch, one, two, three, ball away. One, two, ball away. One ball. Like it just he he plays so efficient. And the thing about this position, guys, you know, sometimes we try to make it harder than what it is. End of the day, quarterback, you just you're there to distribute the ball. Make sure guys are lined up in the right position to run a play and distribute the football, whether it's a handoff or a pass. And I think that's what Devin does a great job of. Um, you know, when you watch him play, he has a strong arm. He has the mobility. Uh, I, I do think, again, he can get better with his time clock in the pocket. You know, just as far as don't take those hits, because I think the year before he had a, a ankle injury or something that caused him to miss a few games. So, again, you don't want to be timid in the pocket, but also at the same time, there's nothing wrong. throwing. The, I always say this. There's nothing wrong throwing the ball in the dirt. I've seen Tom Brady do this for years. Just throw it in the dirt. You've seen Peyton Manning get out on the, on the edge. You're not going to outrun anybody. Just slide. Like, just <laughs> throw the ball into the second, you know, second row of the, of the stands and you live to play another down because this team needs him on the field. So, I think, again, Devin Leary is, is certainly primed to have a big year. Um, certainly going to be a Sunday guy. And, uh, again, you talk about TVD having, you know, a lot of expectation. The entire team of NC State has expectation oh, yeah. now. 
So I'm really excited to see how they can handle that. Yeah, and that, that's what's going to be fascinating is because now that you're in this moment and, and there's really – I mean, there'll probably be a little chip. I, I still wouldn't be surprised if Clemson at, at the preseason, the kickoff is you know deemed the, the champion or right. whatever like that. So I'm sure there'll still be a little bit. But there's big expectation for NC State. And, and you mentioned – you know, Devin being there so long, KG, this is, he's going into year three he, as a starter. It, it's not as rare anymore, but it's still a big deal. What are some things that you can expect from your guy, from your quarterback in year three? Like, do, do you anticipate he'll have the option to to audible or, or check with his receivers? Or is he really an extension now, being in the same system, same coordinator for three years? Yeah, I, I think at this point you give him the keys to the car. Um, I, I think he's the type of quarterback that you can have a back and forth conversation on the sideline from what you're seeing out in the field. I think you can trust him in the sense of if they're bringing field blitzes, like I talked about against Jeff Sims, he's going to see that. You know, he's going to be able to say, all right, you know, we're going to just run the ball away from this, or I'm going to give a little quick signal to my slot receiver, tell him to run a hitch so I can get the ball out of my hands. Uh, he's there. You know, that's where he is. I think he showed that last year as well. Um, and again, just. His accuracy, I think, is special. And look, him beating Clemson at home last year is big. Right. Like, even when I was playing, like, I knew there were certain games as a QB that I would be judged on based off a win or a loss and my performance. And I felt like that was one of those games that should tell him, hey, man, you can do this thing. Like, you're, you're a dude. You know what I mean? Like, you've already done this against one of the best defenses and one of the best teams in the land. Yeah. So, for him, I, I, again, it's just a matter of building off of what he started last year. And staying healthy, staying healthy. Yep. That's the big piece for him too. Yeah, decision making, uh, accuracy, grit. I mean, those are the three things. When I'm watching him on tape, it's just time after time after time. It's like, man, yep. that, that was that. That's what and I another see. Another thing too, and another thing too, man. Going back, I, I forgot. I think I might have said this about Jakovic. Uh, Larry throws a super catchable ball. You know what I mean? Like it, it's not too hot. It's not in a position where it's way behind guys. We got to stop their routes and things like that. Um, I, I feel like the, the the pace that he has on his football is perfect. Um, and again, he doesn't have a weak arm. He has a strong arm, right. but he knows how to kind of divvy between his strength and when to really swing it in there versus just having some touch and letting his receiver just catch the ball and make a play. It's important. You got to be able to alternate that. Yeah. And we've seen, I mean, when guys don't have that ability, it, it leads to tips and picks and that's, it's exactly. never the good thing. It's never a good yeah. thing. So let, let's move on here. Let's move on to the orange. Look at Garrett Schrader, a guy that, man, we talk about some of these other quarterbacks with great running ability, man, he is such a threat, especially in that red zone goal line area. His zone read is silky smooth. He knows when to pull it. I'm sure Sean Tucker's like, hey, dog, hand me the ball. Like, stop pulling it. Um, but he, yeah, That's right, but he's good at it. And he was the second yeah. leading rushing touchdown scorer in the ACC. He, yeah. He's cleaned up his shoulder, it sounds like, this offseason. Maybe a little surgery, a little cleanup deal here. What do you need to see from Garrett Schrader going into 22 in the Syracuse Orange? Man, I'm excited for Garrett Schrader. One, because he will, he will be QB1 the entire year. Last year it was between him and DeVito. Uh, and, again, I, I just think that's hard for quarterbacks to really get the get their grip into an offense if it's not necessarily going into the season catered to you. So that wasn't the case for Garrett. Um, but I, I watched him versus Pitt. I want to say maybe the last game of the season. It was November 27th, so last game regular season-wise. And uh, I thought he played well. I mean, Pitt is one of those teams that try to put you in a position where they make quarterbacks uncomfortable. And there was a moment where they brought zero, which is they brought all, all what, seven defenders and just had four DBs covering the four receivers. And he was calm. He just banged a slant. He might even gave the guy a signal to run a slant, got it out of his hands, almost created a big play, but the safety did a good job of getting him down on the ground. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, this, this guy, he gets it. He understands how to play the position. Um, 
gritty, man. Just a gritty player, like one of those dudes that's tough as nails. He has the beard to kind of go with this, that mm-hmm. grunge look. Uh, but he's just, I, I would say, if I'm a lineman or if I'm a running back blocker for this dude, I'm going hard for him because you know he's going to go hard for you. And uh, I feel like he's a quarterback that Syracuse needed, honestly. He needs, they needed somebody that had the, I guess, the toughness and just not be, not be, not be weak, man. I mean, Syracuse could have threw in the towel based off how they played in the past couple of seasons. Um, and, and I feel like he's one of those guys that's going to kind of help bring them out of that. And uh, super, super accurate. Um, I, I think if he can really put it all together, too, uh, Syracuse not only will win a bunch more games, but they should be in a position where people give them a lot more credit. Mm-hmm. And they have a true two-headed monster in Sean Tucker and Schrader. Schrader had more rushing touchdowns last year than Tucker. And we talked with Dino Babers. That's going to come out later in the summer about how they are. They brought in a new OC, all these things. They're going to revamp right. things a little bit, try to get a little more creative which I think will be good for Schrader. Let's, okay, let's finish with these two guys. Two big names here. We've got Brennan Armstrong of UVA, Sam Hartman of Wake Forest. Mac and I love to make this joke, really me, about Brennan Armstrong. They're kind of like wheeling him into the stadium. They take him out of the body cast, and then they put him in a uniform and put him on the field because that, that's what he was last year. He was always hurt because he had to run the ball so many times. He threw it 500 times. It was insane. With Tony Elliott, I think it's going to be more structured. I mean, that's just who Tony Elliott is. And he brings back Wicks, Thompson, Kemp, and Laval Davis back from the ACL. And, like, they have another, like, 6'9 receiver yeah, that we don't know course. about. It's oh. crazy. Yeah. They grow these basketball-playing wide receivers at UVA. It makes sense. But in a Tony Elliott system, do you expect Brandon Armstrong to be a little more, I don't know, controlled? Or is it just let Brendan be Brennan? You know, I, I think the big, K, the big thing for – UVA is they got to have some type of running presence. Um, Brennan is an NFL guy. Uh, he's going to have a huge year no matter whether they have a run game or not. But I think what's going to help kind of solid, solid up that offense is a, a real running back, somebody that can actually really yes. get you four to five yards. And if you go back and watch, uh, you know, Coach Elliott's uh, offense, even with Trevor, he still had Travis Etienne. I mean, he had dudes that would come in and, and – not only get you yardage on the ground, but also out, you know, out in the flank. You know, he's a running back coach. That's his background. You know what I mean? So I, I think that's going to be a huge piece to make sure. What is his background? Was he a receiver coach? He played receiver, running coach running backs coach forever. Coach yeah, running, backs, running yeah. backs before TJ. So I, I just feel like if that's going to be huge for UVA. Uh, but as far as when I watched Brennan, you know, the big thing that stood out to me was he's he's so confident in his game that I think he did get away from some of his fundamentals. All right. And what I mean by that is two hands on the ball when you break the pocket or anytime you're in the pocket. There was a situation versus Virginia Tech uh, where he was he made one guy miss, made another guy miss, yep. but then another guy came yep. and the ball was way out here and the ball got stripped and it ended up being, I think, a safety. I don't right. think VT recovered it, but it was a safety. And that's something that the scouts will say, hey, look, Brandon, we just need you. We know you can throw the ball all over the yard. That's evident. You throw for 5,000, 6,000 <laughs> yards. Um, but just be smart in the situations where you're in the pocket and cover that ball up because that's the most important piece. But beside that, guys, I mean, this is a quarterback that if you give him the opportunity to have clean pockets and clean windows, he's going to dice you up. He's going to dice you up. He does a great job of timing, great job of anticipation throwing in windows. Um, he's fun to watch, honestly. When you watch tape of Brendan Armstrong, like, it's like, man, this is this is fun tape. You know what I mean? Some tape's like, ah, oh, man, let me get through this yeah. clicking, clicking. But his, man, you, you want to rewind it a little bit and go back. So if he can kind of – really pay attention to that piece of ball handling, being smart with that. 
talking about possible Heisman contender. Right. And just a guy that, man, he's a gunslinger. He he will force that yeah. thing in there. And you're like, no, 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 no. And then you're like, yes, yes, great throw. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a competitor. He's accurate and, and a sneaky athlete that can, man, when he gets out on the edge, it, it's impressive to yeah. see him. Well, he listen to the athleticism because, I mean, he was doing some of the athletic stuff with a brace on his knee. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like late in the season, like he was still moving as if he was healthy. Right. And so, again, a gamer, you know, one of those guys that, I mean, I think he ran two or three guys over at, you know, at the goal line versus Virginia Tech. Uh, I also watched him. Yeah, I think it was just a Virginia Tech game I watched. And uh, just, again, his, his anticipation. I also, also watched him versus Pitt because uh, I wanted to see the kind of that duel between him and Kenny Pickett. And uh, I also wrote down he, he banged like a really nice red zone throw, uh, an uncovered tight end in the back of the end zone. So he has a, a good understanding of where to put the ball in certain situations. So I'm excited for Brandon Armstrong to have. Hopefully a clean year with with health and again all these guys if they can stay healthy I mean this is the best best league of quarterback play I think we have yeah. uh, at least we've had since we've been covering yeah. it um, so he's certainly one of the top yeah no, no question eight games uh, with three fifty plus he had like six games over four hundred I mean he's a freak and he yep. missed he missed a game and was injured so it, it's crazy to see the, the production from him all right let's put a bow on this thing we've gone through nine of the ten starting returning quarterbacks in the ACC, the 10th. I think it's kind of funny that he's last here. Sam Hartman, a, a guy that is actually actually getting some steam. I mean, you look at some publications, yeah. they're listing him as the number one guy, various outlets. Um, so it's kind of this, you're either really high on him or you don't really talk about him. It's an interesting right. thing here. And that kind of goes with Sam's career. I mean, he's had unbelievable highs, really low lows, and he has just put it all together and learned from it and mentally gotten so much sharper. And he you know, spoke about that very openly last year where he put this historic season together, wins the Atlantic Division, has 50 touchdowns. I mean, it's only been done two other times in the history of our conference. What do you see from Sam? Because when, when I watch him on tape, man, he's a fantastic, fantastic college quarterback. I'll give Sam uh, a comparison to an NFL QB. Um, Kirk Cousins, mixed. And y'all be ready for this. And I'm talking about a young Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Really. And I, and I, say Aaron I like Rodgers. that. I say Aaron Rodgers because when Sam, at least on tape, when he's in the red zone, that's why I think he lights up. In situations, I, I think I had a tape on this last year, e, where he can break the pocket and he knows, okay, scramble drill, let's get it. You know what I mean? Like Aaron Rodgers really has made a Hall of Fame career. Of course, throwing the ball down the field, doing other things. But if you watch A-Rod in the, in the red zone, I remember I had a coach my second year in the league he sat me down. We watched like 50 clips of Aaron Rodgers in the red zone. And he just killed people, like just killed people as soon as he broke the pocket. And not even necessarily running fast, but just finding open receivers. And I think that's where Sam Hartman is. Um, he's going to be an NFL guy. I, I think the ceiling for him is to the sky, really. If he has a good year and kind of puts those, those games where, okay, one mistake turns into two, turns into three, turns into four, if he can stop that, that's why I think that that's the next step for Sam Hartman. Again, I watched the Pitt game uh, in the ACC championship. Pitt's a great defense. Uh, their front put them in situations where they were running games and looping guys around. So there was holes within the offensive line. They were kind of getting in on him. And a lot of the pass game, guys, is predicated off Sam moving up in the pocket. Like, it's always about the gun run, moving up, moving up, moving up. And if you break the interior of the offensive line, you can't really do anything. Uh, so I think for him, if you just have one mistake, which is going to happen in football, flush it, move on to the next down. And also, I will say this too, I, I think it would be good to build in some quick game, more quick game for, for their offense. I think it would be helpful to Sam, um, whether it's a slant, whether it's a quick out, just to get the ball out of his hands because especially 
things started breaking down that pick game, yeah. <laughs> they were still trying to stroke the ball down yeah. the field. Like, just hit some slants, give this guy an opportunity to get his momentum back yeah. and his mojo. And, and you know who I, I think who's going to help that is Donovan Green. I mean, the fact that he's yeah. back. This Wake Forest wide receiver unit, man, stack them up, yeah. I think, against anybody because it's led by A.T. Perry, 6'5", physical freak, just basketball player. Taylor Morin, all reliable in the mm-hmm. slot. And then Donovan Green, who, you know, I thought was going to be a guy that – could potentially get that first team all ACC team blows out his knee yeah. isn't available and then of course a couple of, of guys behind him so I mean look yeah. out for Wake Forest offensively again this season yeah no question I mean if their defense you know plays well I, I think there was a situation in UNC game where I had some few choice words for their defense and things like that but look Wake is a let me t- a let me say that. this you didn't say anything that wasn't true okay yeah, so don't hey, I wasn't picking on them and, and I'm they sure went to DC too. yeah and I'm sure Coach Clawson said the same thing but Again, if you're if you're the team that and at the time they were the top ranked team or whatever in the in the mm-hmm. predictions on the ACC, so if that's who you're going to be, then that's where you got to be, right? And I mean, we got to call it how we see it. Uh, so I really expect Wake Forest to have that year that I think we've all been kind of waiting for them to have. You know, what I mean, they lose to NC State at home. Oh, sorry, they beat NC State. That was a huge yeah. win. I'm sorry, but then it was the North Carolina game that I felt like okay, this is the next step for them to take. They didn't take it. So this year, uh, being Sam Hartman's last year. Guys, don't look back, man. Make make this thing happen now and go out there and make those plays that you did last year. Mac, I feel I so it. much smarter. Man, I <laughs> I feel like I could really use this analysis, EJ, when I was my powder puff quarterback 10 years ago. I could yeah. have used it. And yeah, I'm yeah, glad well, I'm getting it now. So that's hey, great. Look, I, again, I'm just happy that I got invited to the pod. <laughs> uh, now, when I listen to the next one, I'll be on it. Um, but again, you guys do such a great job. And this is fun. I mean, we didn't get to talk about some of the other QBs. I know we got Keaton Slovis, Emac. We had talked mm-hmm. about that before the show, um, but we haven't seen him face ACC defense yet. But I'm also excited to see what Pitt can do because if he can put it together too, uh, we could very well see Pitt back in the ACC chip again. I don't. I don't think there's any question. Interested to see how that plays out. UNC mm-hmm. has a quarterback battle on their yeah, hands, yeah. Um, and then a couple of these other schools. I, I'm looking at you know who's going to be the guy, who's going to emerge and really ultimately be the playmaker for you. So, EJ, this was awesome. Thank you, my brother. Always appreciate your time. Yeah, look, again, thank you guys. Continue your great work, and uh, I'll see you both in Charlotte soon. Thanks again to EJ Manuel for joining us. We truly love that guy. He is just one of the best, not just breaking down quarterbacks, but really great human off the field as well. And if you want to view this, if you are listening on your podcast app, which we appreciate, and you want to view it and you want to see EJ's mind turning as he's breaking down these these quarterbacks, check out our YouTube, Graham Luck and Matt Klain on YouTube. We really appreciate how well our channel has done in the last like six weeks. It's been amazing. So let's keep it going. Subscribe on YouTube. Comment on the videos. We'd really appreciate that. But make sure you're watching us on the YouTube. Come on, KG. We're headed to Charlotte, guys. It's right here. ACC kickoff. So a ton more content coming y'all's way. Cannot wait for this week. It is going to be massive, uh, really exciting times. But that's it for us. Another great episode of Gramlick and Mac Lane. If you haven't already, Get SiriusXM. What are you waiting for? Get the app. Get it on your car. We can go everywhere with you guys. Go get it right now. Uh, But also, you need to go over to YouTube, as KG said. You need to go over to iTunes as well. Follow, subscribe, like, whatever you have to do. So we're just around you guys all the time. Uh, We really appreciate that. But until next time, we'll see y'all.